So if you have a, a Bible with you, you can get it out and, and open it to the, to the book of Luke. And um, we are today, though, doing something um, slightly different than normal. Uh, we're actually going to be, be looking at the, this theme of hospitality from the book of Luke, partly leaning into this, this series that we're going to be doing on hospitality for our seminar and in connect groups. I'll get into that, that more. But I think that we have a real epidemic of loneliness in our culture, an, an epidemic of isolation in different ways. And, and you, can, you can see it uh, either in, in just your own experience, um, but I think especially in the suburbs and Garnet Valley and Chad's Ford, just the way that, that neighborhoods can be laid out where you, you drive into your garage, the door closes, you never interact with your neighbors, you never know your neighbors. Uh, you, everything that, that happens is in the backyard, not the front yard, and so there's no reason to, to know anyone. And, and I think that it's something that has been actually increasing in culture. I mean, it's something I talk about uh, with, with others sometimes where they say, well, you know, well, when I was growing up, we would play around the neighborhood, and, and I knew all of my neighbors, um, but I just sense that that is not the case anymore. And I think that what that, that means is that, that people face extreme isolation, especially immigrants who, who don't know anyone in their community. Um, how do they break into having you know, friends or having community? Uh, for the elderly who have lost loved ones, who are um, alone. Um, but also just the, the average American who one would look at and say, okay, they have everything together. Um, I saw this study that said that the average American has not made a new friend in the last five years. Um, and, and you think about that, no new friends in the last five years. I mean, and so how are we going to, to practice hospitality? How is this kind of isolation um, going to be overcome? And thankfully, the Bible presents this incredible antidote, this incredible cure for the isolation that we see around us. And it's this idea of, of biblical hospitality that is, it, it isn't just a, a minor theme that pops up once or twice, but it's actually a, a major theme of the entire Bible. And um, it, it runs you know, from Genesis to Revelation. But just as I think that the theme has been neglected by uh, the, the broader culture, I think that even the Christian community has largely followed the culture in neglecting thinking and, and talking about um, biblical hospitality. And I think that we read the Bible and what it says about hospitality, and we attribute it just to being an ancient Near Eastern society. That Well, of course they were hospitable, but that could never happen here. And so you know, part of my vision for Hope Church and my desire for Hope Church is that we would really have a, a culture of biblical hospitality, which again is not, as we'll see, isn't just folded napkins and a clean house. Um, but it, but it's, it's far deeper than that. And that as that hospitality is, is cultivated among the, the people of Hope, that it would make a real difference in, in our lives. It would make a difference in our church's lives, in our community, in, in your neighbor's lives, in the people that you come into contact, that, that it could literally be something that could save somebody from depression or from suicide or from this extreme isolation that we face in, in so many ways. 
And so th that's really why we're going to be focusing on hospitality. And so I, I mentioned that starting next week, we're going to do this three-week seminar that will get more into kind of the whole Bible teaching on it. Um, it'll be at 9.30 you know, before our 10.30 service. And then for our connect groups in the fall, we're going to be looking at a, a book on this theme of hospitality and having you know, discussion around it in, in small groups. And you know, as I was planning this, I was thinking, okay, how do I introduce this, this idea and the importance of it to the church? And I was really struck, as we've been preaching through the book of Luke, how the, this theme of hospitality runs through Luke in, in so many ways. And so you know, last week, we, we left off looking at um, a passage in Luke chapter 8. We're going to pick up in the next passage in Luke 8 next week. Uh, but today we're going to do what would have arisen as we move through the book, but I'm kind of bumping up looking at this theme of hospitality, you know, to, to lead into this, this study that, that we're doing. And so really what we're going to do then is, is we're going to look at three passages from the book of Luke on this theme of hospitality. And then we're going to ask just three questions from each of the passages. So what is hospitality? Why is it important? How do we practice it? And so you know, if, you're, if you're following along or taking notes, it, it's pretty simple. Three passages, three questions from each of the passages, the what question, the why question, and the how question. I'll say, okay, so we, before we, we dive into this, though, let's um, just pray for our time together. Lord, we, we thank you for your hospitality. We thank you for this theme of Scripture. Lord, we pray that you would use this time together today, that you would use our, our time looking at this in our seminar and in connect groups to help us step up to really obey and follow what you say about being welcome in our lives and in our homes. Um, Lord, that, that there would be a real difference that would be felt by those around us. Uh, Lord, we, we pray for your spirit to be at work and, and guiding us, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you turn to our, our first passage on hospitality from the book of Luke, it's Luke chapter 14, beginning in verse 12. And if you are using uh, the, the Pew Bible, um, this is on page 874. So there's a Pew Bible near you if you didn't bring uh, a Bible. So again, this is Luke chapter 14, beginning in verse 12. Listen as I, as I read. He said to the man who had invited him, this is Jesus speaking, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. When one of those who reclined at table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. 
But they all alike began to make excuses. The, the first said to him, I've bought a field and I, I must go out and see it. Please uh, have me excused. Another said, I've bought, a, 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 I've bought five yoke of oxen and I have to go examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I've married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came back and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to the servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in, that my house may be filled. And I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. So that's the, the first passage. And you'll remember we're asking three questions from this, the what question, the why question, and the how question. So first, the, the what question. What is hospitality according to this this passage. Well, you see Jesus hinting at it in verse 12 to 14. And he says basically that Christians shouldn't practice hospitality just like everyone else in the culture. He's saying that, that don't just invite your, your family and your friends and people who are really influential and wealthy. Um, that, that's not where we start. But instead, he says that you should invite the poor, crippled, lame, and blind. And this is really the idea of, of welcoming the, the stranger, of welcoming, welcoming the person who is the outcast in society, who is on the fringe of society, which can be really hard, can be really scary, but it's, it's the, the what of biblical hospitality. But now look at the, the second question, uh, the why. Uh, why is hospitality important? And you start to see this also here in verse 13. And look there in your Bible, and it says, uh, Jesus tells the people gathered, but when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. And so, so Jesus here is, is giving the, the rationale for this kind of, open hospitality to, to the weak and to the stranger and the, the marginalized. And he says that, that the reason for it is because they're not going to be able to invite you back. <laughs> uh, and that they're, they're not going to be able to repay the hospitality. And, and therefore, there's, a, there's a, a blessing that he is promising. And it's, it's really this remarkable promise of blessing that you will be blessed. And he says that you may not even be blessed in this life, that, 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 that you will be rewarded at the resurrection of the just. And so the reward could be at the, the very end, but yet there is this blessing held out. But then there's another reason that we see here for hospitality that Jesus shows us in this parable that he tells from verse 15 to 24. And so you, you, you look at the parable, it's about this man who uh, wants to throw this, this party, he's gonna throw a, have a, a banquet, and he lets everyone know, I'm gonna have a banquet, you should come. And he invites his friends and his family. 
and people who are influential. And so when it actually comes, they, they start sending him messages saying, oh, sorry, I, I can't come. And you know, as I was reading, you might have noticed they were pretty lame excuses <laughs> across the board. I mean, it's, it's sort of like trying to meet with a millennial. They'll text you right before you meet them and say, sorry, I have to, I have to cancel. Um, and, and that's exactly, exactly what, what they're, they're doing here. I'm a, I'm a millennial, so it's okay. I can insult, <laughs> I, I can insult them. Um, but, but what we see here is that, okay, they're, they're refusing to come to this, this celebration. And so the, the person who's hosting the feast, he gets angry. And so he decides to, to go out and, and gather in the, the, the stranger, the, the weak, the lame, the, the blind, the, the outcast. And they say, well, you know, we've done that. And then he says, well, then go out and, and continue to bring people in um, that my house may be full. And this parable is pointing to a lot, uh, but I think that, that First and foremost, it's pointing us to the, to the character of God as a God of hospitality. That ultimately, God is the one who prepares the feast and prepares the home and invites us to come into his home and dine. And, and that's what we see if you look back in the book of Genesis. And at the beginning of creation, God prepared a garden. He prepared, it a, prepared this home for Adam and Eve, and he put all this luscious food there and prepared a banquet. But then what happened was that humanity failed to go to God's banquet that he had prepared. They, they failed to take God's hospitality and were evicted from the garden. But then God continued to extend that this offer of hospitality um, to Israel saying, I will be your God. You will be my people. Here's a land for you to dwell in and I'll prepare a feast for you. I'll make a home for you. And again, over and over again, God's people refused his hospitality, and uh, they went into exile, ultimately, in, in Babylon. And that what God continues to do to the nations, we, we, we read that in our call to worship, of God gathering the nations is extending hospitality to people who are his enemies, who are, are strangers, who have not earned or deserved his hospitality, but actually have deserved the opposite, but yet he is welcoming us into his kingdom. And that's really who, who you and I are if we have repented and trusted in Jesus, is that we are people who have heard God's call of hospitality, have responded to that call, and, and that's really what the hope is. I mean, we say we're, we're Hope Presbyterian Church, that that hope is the, the home, the feast that God has prepared for us, uh, that we're looking forward to. And so as we think about then the why of hospitality, why it is that we're called to practice this, it's because you know, God is a God who welcomes strangers into his home and prepares a meal for us. And that then the response of those who have received God's hospitality is to, to welcome other people and who may be hard to love, who maybe would be difficult, who maybe would want to refuse our hospitality as well, but yet to continue to extend that offer to those around us. And so that's the, the why of hospitality. But then briefly, the, the how, the third question, how do we practice this? And I think that, that really the, the how arises from the very thing that we've been saying, from recognizing God's invitation and starting with the fact that, that God is the God of hospitality and we receive God's hospitality. 
And if we, we don't start there, then it, it'll just be another thing that we have to do, another thing to be on our list. But if we are aware and overwhelmed of the reception that we have had from God, then the natural outpouring of that and the how is going to be that we'll want to, to live that out in different ways with people around us. And so that's then our, our, our first passage in Luke. But now if you, if you take your Bible again, and we'll turn to our, our second passage. And this is Luke chapter 9. And this is on page 866 if you're using the, the Pew Bible. And this is a passage that we actually heard uh, preached uh, with in June from Ari Sanchez, who, who preached um, on this text. But um, as we'll see as I read, you'll, you'll see how it, it says so much about hospitality. So again, uh, Luke 9, beginning of verse 1. And Jesus called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And they sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And he said to them, Take nothing for your journey, no staff, nor bread, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do, and do not have two tunics. And whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there, uh, and stay there, and from there depart. And wherever uh, they do not receive you, when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the villages, proclaiming the gospel and healing everywhere. And so again, from this passage, we'll ask our, our three questions, the what question, the why question, and the, the how question. So, so first, what does this passage show us about hospitality? And uh, well, really, though, you'll notice that it, it has a hospitality from a different angle from our, our first passage, because uh, the first passage was looking at it from the perspective of the host, you know, gathering in the weak, the marginalized, the stranger. But this passage is looking at it from the perspective of the person really receiving hospitality from somebody else. And it's interesting that what Jesus is doing is actually commending hospitality to his disciples as a means of missions and evangelism. That when they go, they're not to um, bring anything with them. But when they enter a town, they are to, to look for an opportunity to receive hospitality. They're to take that hospitality and they're to stay at that place. He says, don't depart somewhere else. So essentially, don't look for a better option. <laughs> You know, if there's a better, bigger accommodation, don't go there. Stay where you are as long as people will take you and use it as an opportunity to proclaim the gospel. And I think that as the disciples heard this, they wouldn't, have, they wouldn't be surprised that Jesus was commending this sort of method. Uh, because, you know, we said that God is a God of hospitality who extends hospitality to his creation. But when Jesus, the eternal son of God, came into the world took on himself a true human nature, he didn't set up some huge mansion in Jerusalem and say, you know, here I am, I'm open for business, come in and hear the good news. Um, he didn't build a building or a temple, but essentially he was homeless. He was just an itinerant Jewish rabbi who traveled around receiving hospitality from others. And almost every story in the New Testament, at least in the, the Gospels, is Jesus receiving hospitality from other people. 
And here are just a few examples, and it's interesting to, to see what the outcome was, was from this. Uh, so in Luke 4, we see that Simon Peter, who would go on to be you know, the Apostle Peter, uh, met Jesus at his synagogue, invited Jesus to his home. I mean, he'd heard Jesus. He knew that he was a teacher. But still, Jesus was a stranger. And then flowing out of that, he was blessed. His mother was healed of a fever. Uh, and then ultimately, he professed faith in Christ and became the leading disciple. But he began with, with hospitality of welcoming a stranger in. Or another example, in Luke 5, um, Jesus calls this money changer named Levi and, and to come and follow him. And immediately, what the, this tax collector does is he throws a party at his house. He invites Jesus. They have this huge meal together. And he invites all of his sinful tax collector friends to come and dine with Jesus. And then Jesus uses that as an opportunity to, to share the gospel, to, to minister to people. Or here's another example. In Luke 10, we're told that Martha welcomed Jesus into her home. And she was blessed by it. Her sister Mary, um, her brother Lazarus being raised from the dead, which is always good. Um, and, and, and it began again with, with hospitality of welcoming a, a stranger um, into your life. And so that's the, the what of hospitality here. But now let's look at the, the second question, the why. Why pursue this kind of hospitality? And I think that it's actually just pretty straightforward, kind of obvious, that Jesus relied on hospitality as, as a means of reaching people. It was part of his philosophy of ministry. And he commended it here to his disciples as part of their philosophy of ministry. And we see that the impact of it over and over again in Scripture. And really, it's how the gospel first spread to the Gentiles, to, to non-Jews. Uh, you, you don't have to actually turn there in your Bible, but in Acts chapter 10 which was written by Luke, who wrote the Gospel of Luke, uh, we, we see this, um, this account of Peter trying to decide whether he should take hospitality from a Gentile centurion named Cornelius. And the reason that he was struggling with it is that a faithful Jew wouldn't accept hospitality from a Gentile because they viewed them as ceremonially unclean. But then God appeared to Peter in a vision and made clear to him that the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus had changed everything, that now the door was thrown wide open to the Gentiles. And so it was actually wrong of him to refuse hospitality from this Gentile Roman centurion that he should go and then use it as an opportunity to proclaim the gospel, which is exactly what he did. He stayed with the centurion. He explained the message and, of course, the centurion, his household, repented of their sins, trusted in Jesus, were baptized into the church. The Holy Spirit descends on them. And it's the, the first major account of Gentiles receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it began with Peter receiving, accepting hospitality from an unbeliever. And I think that this then leads naturally into the how, that third question, how do we practice this? that sometimes we both want to just accept and receive hospitality from people who are exactly like us, who have the same religious views or the same political views or who have the same uh, moral values or who look like us or talk like us. 
or who have the same sort of background because it's just far easier than being around people who are different in lots of ways. But we see that that's not what Jesus did, that's not what the disciples did, um, and that's not ultimately what, what we should do either. That, that part of the call of hospitality is, is giving it to others, but then also receiving it. And I think that we shouldn't be surprised then if often our unbelieving neighbors are actually far more hospitable than even some of our believing neighbors. And that actually our, our calling is to receive that hospitality and that welcome from others. And it could be a, just a simple way of serving somebody that you're actually in relationship with them. And so when something goes wrong in their life, you could bring food or you can help them or you can drive them to the doctor or there's different ways to help. But then also it's this ability to you know, receive hospitality and then be able to introduce them to the hospitality of a God who, who prepares a home and loves us and, and gave himself for us. And so that is then our, our second passage from Luke. And so now we'll look at our, our third and, and final passage. And this one takes us to the very end of Luke. And so if you turn to, to Luke chapter 24, and we'll, I'll begin reading in verse 13. And just so you know what's, what's going on is Jesus has risen from the dead, and he's starting to appear to uh, the women at the tomb, some of the disciples, but everybody's completely confused and they don't know what's going on. And so we're, the, we see these two disciples walking on a road to Emmaus. So again, Luke 24, beginning in verse 13. It says, That very day, two of them, the disciples, were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still uh, looking sad. Uh, and then he said to them, um, one of them named Cleobus answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things, uh, um, the, know, uh, the things that have happened these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who is a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests... And rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all of this, it is now the third day since these things have happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. Uh, they were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they um, did not find his body, they came back saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it, just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. 
So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he was going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, uh, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while we talked to him on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose about the same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. So from this passage, here's our, our first question. What is hospitality? Um, and as you look at the passage, you know, it's a long passage, but I thought it was important to read the whole thing. Uh, these, these disciples are walking, and they're sad. They're confused, and they meet this stranger, and it says they are kept from recognizing that it's Jesus. And, 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 the, and he says, you know, why are you sad? And they say, do you not know what's been going on? Are you the only person who, who's you know, out of touch with the happenings? And so they, they tell him what happened. And then Jesus um, explains to them how it was necessary for the Messiah to die, to rise again. And they, they walk through the Old Testament. And then it says that Jesus, pretending as if he was going to pass by, <laughs> uh, and, and they insist, no, uh, come stay with us, uh, that the day, it's, you know, it's almost evening, and you need somewhere to stay. So they extend this ancient Near Eastern hospitality. They come back, and, and then, then it's, it's pretty amazing that they're, they're sitting down for a meal. Um, Jesus takes bread, he breaks it, and immediately their, their eyes are opened, and they recognize that the, it's Jesus, and then he disappears. Um, and, and I think that what's so interesting in our discussion from this passage is that it really brings out both of those aspects that we were talking about from the first two passages. Because really, in the, the first passage, we talked about the idea of, of welcoming the stranger into our lives, into our home, and that God promises blessing through that. And then in the, the second passage, we talked about the idea of receiving hospitality from others as a way of ministering to them. And so here you see the disciples you know, extending hospitality to a stranger, welcoming Jesus in, and that in response, Jesus uses it as an opportunity to bless them in their lives. And that he, he's not just playing kind of a practical joke or being um, mean to them, but really he wants them, I think, to extend hospitality for them to welcome him as a stranger uh, into their home. And it's in the midst of doing that that they really see Jesus for who he is. And so that's the, the what of this text. But now we'll look at the, the second question, the, the why. Why practice hospitality? And in Hebrews 13.1, another book of the New Testament, it says, let brotherly love continue, and do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. And so 
I mean, that passage in, in Hebrews, we'll talk about that in our um, seminar, but it's this direct command to hospitality, and specifically hospitality to strangers. And then the rationale for it is, for it is he says, that by doing so, some have entertained angels, and they weren't even aware of it. And I, and I think that that's really hearkening back to the story, actually, uh, that we heard for our Old Testament reading, where we're Abraham has this warm, hospitable welcome to strangers, uh, and it turns out that they were angels. Um, and again, he was blessed through this display of hospitality. But then what we see here in, in Luke 24 is the same idea, but it's kind of on steroids, because uh, by extending hospitality, they're not just welcoming an angel into their home unaware, uh, but they're actually welcoming the eternal, resurrected Son of God into their home, um, and, and through extending that hospitality, they able, they're able to see him for who he is. And I think that you know, as we, we, we think, what is it, how does this relate to us? I'm not saying that every time we extend hospitality to others that we're going to be literally entertaining an angel. Could be. Um, and I'm definitely not saying that every time we extend hospitality, um, it's going to turn out to be Jesus. I mean, the Bible is clear that, that we won't see Jesus again in the, in the flesh until he comes again in glory on the clouds to judge the living and the dead. But I still think that we can learn something really powerful about hospitality, that, that practicing biblical hospitality, I think, does give us an opportunity to see Jesus more clearly. And as we do it, we get to see different aspects of his character. So when we welcome the stranger into our home, into our lives, we, we get to see different aspects of the gospel that maybe we wouldn't have seen before. And when we receive hospitality from others, we get to see aspects of God's hospitality that we maybe wouldn't. Because a whole Christian life starts with the premise of receiving hospitality from God. And if we're unable to receive hospitality from others, how can we, we do it from God? But then... Here's the, the final question, the, the, the third and final question. How do we actually practice this? And I think that, that probably this is where we're not going to be able to, to talk about everything uh, because there's so much to be said. And probably even as I talk about this and walking through Scripture, there's so many questions of, well, how do I protect my family? Or how do I keep from being taken advantage of? Or, well, what if I'm really introverted? Or, what if I I've lived people next to people for years and I've never introduced myself? Or what does this actually look like in, in 21st century Garnet Valley to, to practice? And, and that's part of the reason that we're going to be really reflecting on it. And so if you want to go deeper in the, the how and the why and the what, uh, then that's kind of the point of the, the seminar that's starting next week at, at 9.30 and the point of the discussions that will take place in Connect Group. But I think that, that as you think, okay, well, leave me with some sort of how uh, today. And I think that the most important how for all that we've been talking about uh, comes to the, the, the hospitality of Christ that, that he displays for us. Because in our passage that we looked at from Luke chapter 24, they invite Jesus back to their, their home. And they, they serve him a meal, and it, the, the, he took bread, and he broke it. And at the moment of the, the breaking of the bread is where they recognize Jesus for who he is. And I'm pretty confident that the disciples would have made the connection to the, to the Last Supper 
before Christ's resurrection where Jesus took bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples. Um, and, and you think about it, the Last Supper didn't take place in Jesus' home. It took place in a, somebody else's home, the upper room that he received through hospitality. But even as Jesus was receiving hospitality then, he presented this, this meal before his disciples and told them to eat and to drink. And, and the whole purpose of it is to point us to the, hosp- the hospitality of our Heavenly Father, of re- receiving the feast and the life that he has prepared for us. And we see that, that hospitality displayed, that, that Christ shed his blood, that he, he gave himself and, and died to receive sinful people into his home. And he, he said that, you know, I go away to prepare a place for you, that where I am you may be also. Um, and so when we celebrate this, it's a way of us being able to um, share in hospitality together every week, um, but then looking to a greater meal and a greater feast and a greater hospitality that is, is yet to come in the future that you know, mot- motivates us to continue practicing it in this uh, world of, of sorrow that we face here today.